delighted to be with you all here today for World Communion Sunday. So let me start out by praying for us. Dear God, on this World Communion Sunday, give us eyes to recognize your reflection in the eyes of Christians everywhere. Give us a mind to accept and celebrate our differences. Give us a heart big enough to love your children everywhere. We thank you for setting a table with space enough for us all. Amen. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but times feel different. They feel different from before the pandemic. They feel different from my childhood, which I'm going to be 40 next month. No, that's not true. In January. <laughs> my mom's here today, so she can clarify that that's not true. But I was a child of the 80s and 90s, and I feel like my childhood looked a lot different than the childhood of the kids today. So if you weren't around for the 80s and 90s, or you just don't remember, I brought up a few reminders for us all today to see just how different things were. Okay, who loved going to Blockbuster on a Friday night to pick out their movies with their friends for their slumber parties? Yes, you didn't go on Netflix and just scan it. You actually got to physically go to the store. And then of course, orange slices at soccer halftimes. Why did those go away? Those were amazing. And we played outside so much, bike riding everywhere. And then I even lived, I was alive before the internet, which I think my children still don't believe. And then when we got internet, it was this beautiful thing called AOL, where you spent half the time listening to the er, 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 as you dialed up to get online. So why would you even want to spend a lot of time there? But things today, today it's different. There's a lot more screen time. It feels like there's a lot more inside time. It just feels very different than the childhood that I remember. But not only different times, it also feels like we're all different people. We're all different from each other, whether it's nationalities or cultures, beliefs or values. There's a lot of polarization and differing opinions among our communities today. And if you've been on social media for a second, then you will know that the annual war has just begun. What war is that? Yoda is here to tell us. The pumpkin spice wars have begun. Now, some of you, I will be surprised, might not know what this is. But there are people out there who love pumpkin spice. Love pumpkin spice. You might be like Katy Perry, my taste buds while sipping yet another pumpkin spice latte. This is your happy time of year. But some people don't like pumpkin spice. I know, it is shocking. And they have strong opinions about their differences on this issue. And they probably feel a lot like Johnny Depp running away from everyone who loves pumpkin spice. If you're brave enough to admit it, anyone here not like pumpkin spice? Ooh, y'all are very brave today. Very brave today. And it's not just within our communities. Our superheroes can't even agree on the pumpkin spice. 
You have Captain America, of course, the most beloved superhero of all time. He is pro-pumpkin spice, but Iron Man finds it gross. We can't even get on the same page with our superheroes. And I do admit, we've gone a little bit too far in the pumpkin spice situation. I mean, pumpkin spice your spam, your ramen noodles. I mean, I don't know, it might be taking too far. And you know, I also found one more beauty on the internet. We have pumpkin spice communion wafers. Now, I do think it is a joke, but isn't that sad that I actually had to like look to see if it was a joke? So no, we will not be enjoying these later. And I understand that we have taken this a little bit too far. And yes, this is a lighthearted subject, but I'm sure there are some serious subjects you can think about where you have seen some deep polarization, different opinions among your friends, among your family, your classmates, your coworkers. It's just a lot of different going on in the world today. So what, what does that have to do with the Bible? Because we are in church, so I guess I should bring that up. So today, our scripture is coming out of 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his church, one of his church mentees, like a son to him, Timothy. And they're almost, Paul's almost reading this as if he's passing the baton. He's passing the church to a new generation, a different generation. And Timothy, you can tell by the way Paul's writing this, is feeling tired. He's exhausted. He's also living in a different time. And that makes us all very tired. So let's see what we can learn today from this letter from Paul to Timothy. Listen, friends, for the word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, who I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did. When I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that your mother, I'm sorry, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, So today we're seeing that the Apostle Paul is trying to give some encouragement to Timothy. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstage look so that if you're ever in Bible trivia, you'll know a few things. But many scholars actually do not believe that the Apostle Paul wrote this to Timothy. And one of the big reasons is 
because they do not think that they were alive when the letter was written. So it'd be very hard to write a letter if you have already passed on. So scholars think it was written during 80 to 110 Common Era, and it is not uncommon for people to be writing under these names of people they saw as their teachers. And so it's most likely that it was written by someone under the Pauline school, meaning he worked really hard to understand how Paul would be interpreting the times that they are going through. He's talking about how Paul would have encouraged and told church leaders how to go about living during difficult times. So there are many things that someone during that era could learn from, and there are a lot of things that we can still learn today. So what we hear from Paul, and I'm going to keep saying Paul and Timothy out of simplicity, but what we keep hearing from Paul is remember, remember your faith and rekindle your faith. Remember your faith. Remember your faith of him. Paul remembers his own ancestors who worshiped very differently than he did. Paul's ancestors were Jewish, but they still were united in their faith in God. They still believed in that holy covenant between God and his people. But he also reminds Timothy, Timothy, remember your mother Eunice and your grandmother Lois. Remember the generations that came before you in a different time, but you are still united in the faith with them. Now, he doesn't tell Timothy to go back in time. He's not telling me that I should try to go live back in the 80s and 90s as much as I love my blockbuster video. I do not miss dial-up, but I can still take the values and experiences of what I learned what I've learned from my parents and my grandparents of my youth and bring those here today. Another side note, it is really awesome that his mother and grandmother are named Lois and Eunice here. Because if you flip through the Bible at all, you'll notice a lot of times women don't receive names. So the fact that we have two women here who are seen to have helped instill faith in an early church leader and an early Christian movement means that they were really important. Women were really important during this time. Okay, so back to Timothy. What we know now is that he is to remember the faith that Eunice and Lois instilled in him. But he's also to rekindle his own faith because sometimes when life feels hard and life feels different, we need to be reminded of who we are. We need to rekindle that passion inside of us. And I see that Paul is telling Timothy to do this very clearly in instructions that we see in, first, in 2 Timothy verse, verses 1-7, which I think we have back up on the screen. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and a love and of self-discipline. So, friends, I think about whenever I make decisions or I make reactions when I'm doing it out of a spirit of cowardice or a spirit of fear. It's usually out of scarcity, out of concern that there's not enough for me or that I'm not thinking or acting the right way, instead of a spirit of love, when I'm responding to someone in love, when I'm responding to something different to me in love. 
A spirit of fear might look like I'm trying to convince someone that my way is the right way. Everyone needs to love pumpkin spice. I don't care who you are, but I will convince you of this by the end of the day. No, it's okay that we all don't love pumpkin spice. That's okay. But if I instead come to you in a spirit of love, which can look more like curiosity, understanding, why is that you don't like pumpkin spice? Tell me more about this. But maybe instead you celebrate with apple cinnamon. That is fantastic. But we all agree it needs to be cooler weather in Texas. That is what we are united upon. Again, that's a serious aside, but I think we can all think of other situations where we can come to an understanding on things at a spirit of love, not fear. Love, not fear, which is what God has worked hard to instill in each of us. So they're united in their faith and they are united in the love of one another. But there are a lot of differences that they have going on. When I was 16, I had the opportunity to be on a traveling soccer team, and we headed to Europe for a couple of weeks one summer. We got to play in huge international soccer tournaments as youth. We first stopped in Germany, and we joined the rest of the team. We had players from Dallas and players from Chicago, but we were representing the United States together and we were in our red and white striped uniforms. I'm sure there was blue on there somewhere, I just can't remember. We got to Germany to practice, we headed to Denmark for another tournament, and then the big, big tournament was one that's called the Gothia Cup. And it actually still exists today. Yes, I'm not 16 in that picture, but I did feel like I needed to prove I played soccer with an image. I don't know why. I mean, obviously it looks like I know what I'm doing. But the Gothia Cup is still going on today. I thought these stats were amazing. Over 1,600 teams from all around the world meet together in Sweden for this week. 59 nations are represented. So when we got there, before any of our soccer games happened, the coaches had us put on our red and white striped warm-ups, and we went out to the fields where other teams were playing. And it was so different. There were different colors for their teams. There was different languages. There was different cheers. There was different ways they warmed up. There was different ways of yelling at refs. No, we kind of all yell at the ref the same way. But you understand, it was different but yet we were united in our love for soccer. We were united. When we stepped on the field, it didn't matter that we didn't speak each other's languages. It didn't matter the different ways we cheered. It didn't matter what color uniforms we were wearing. We were there to play soccer and we were going to play it really hard. We didn't care who you are. And it was an amazing representation to see so many different people all in one place doing what they love. So today, as Reagan reminded us and told us, it is World Communion Sunday. So I know we're not out there on a big, large field watching each other in the different ways we worship, but it is really cool to think about that and imagine it in your mind. It started with the Presbyterian denomination in the 1930s, thinking there should be a way that Christians around the world 
can celebrate our unity in Jesus Christ. We can celebrate God's gift of grace revealed through us, revealed through Jesus Christ to each one of us because it was God's gift, not something that we do or don't do or believe or don't believe. And on this day, we're reminded it doesn't matter how we come to the table, how we celebrate the Lord's Supper, whether we have Hawaiian rolls or wafers or pumpkin spice wafers, we are all gathered around the table because God has invited us here. And I know in my heart of hearts, for all people, it doesn't matter what denomination you are, what nationality you are, what religion you are, what you believe, what you don't believe, we are all beloved children of God. You are a beloved child of God. Amen.